Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my yes! fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How you doing? I am Chuck. And I am Godless. And this is your weekly we examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. We post it on Mondays at MetalSucks.net, also on iTunes. Make sure you follow us on iTunes. Uh, that way it comes directly to whatever device you like to listen to it on. I'm, I, I'm an iPad slash iPhone guy, so that's where I listen to all my stuff. And that podcast app is actually pretty good on the iPhone. It's. I, I know a lot of people are all, all whatever the other apps and stuff, but yeah, I, I'm actually just a straight up iPhone guy. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. <sighs> this is what happens when you take a week off. I have no idea what we're doing anymore. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Godless. You're awesome. <laughs> I got nothing to add to that. Dickhead. <laughs> All right. This episode, man, we are going to talk to uh, Landfill from uh, from Cannabis Corpse. Uh, we had an in-depth interview about pot, pretty much. That's about what we talked about uh, more than uh, Go figure. <laughs> you are my favorite person when it comes to talking about drugs, though, Godless, because <laughs> honestly... Uh, you know absolutely nothing. See, this is the problem: is I went from straight edge kid, like directly into, like, got a career. Like, I didn't. There was there was no like, you know, most straight edge kids. You know, you like, you know, first you start having premarital sex, and then you start and then taking you have mushrooms, a, a couple and- of beer, and before you know it, yeah, yeah, you're you're sprawled out in the desert, seeing God, you yeah. know. And and I didn't do that. I went like straight to getting a job. So I. I had never done pot and basically ever. Uh, yeah, it's fun because this is the first time we've ever really. I mean, I kind of talked. Who did I talk to? Oh, I was talking to. Uh, it was the Keith Buckley interview. We talked a little bit about like weed or or smoking or whatever. But but yeah, this is the first time we had like a true straight up. Uh, we're talking to Cannabis Corpse. Yeah. So you got to talk about weed. Yeah. And honestly, I'm I curious was, as all hell. I was more entertained by your line of questioning <laughs> than anything else because. From so, what is the pots anyway? <laughs> How does the pots work? How do you buy the pots? How much does the pots cost? Oh my god, it's Colorado? great! It's great. Yeah. Colorado's great. I hear it's legal there. Ah, <laughs> uh, can you make? <laughs> yeah, I do sound like the man. I'm sure. Yeah, it's great because not only do you dress like the man whenever I take yeah. you out anywhere, but now you actually sound like the man. <laughs> yeah, so you, it's so, so it's even more awesome, which is very cool. Also, in this episode is our first um, first edition of what we're calling. Are we calling it rejecting the sickness or reject the sickness? Uh, rejecting. I, I like rejecting. Rejecting the sickness is what we're going to call it and it's our little um aside with a friend of ours named doc coil he's going to basically rip us apart on bands that we don't like doc is formerly of god forbid yes you may know the man he also uh, wrote a pretty decent article on metal sucks about the state of metal right now and uh i'm still working through it i can because i i want to be able to like debate him on it after we mm-hmm. had these conversations uh about, about the we're going to talk about ghost in this episode so but after that, I'm like, man, I need to. I'm going to need a word for word pick him apart. Yeah, well, because once again, he's wrong. Oh, son of a! <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Is he completely wrong? Completely. Oh hell! So yeah, I, but I want to be. I want to be able to take it. 
like and really examine it you yeah know, so so that I, I am well versed in what's going on so i don't know the state of metal is good yeah doc is is trying to defend ghost and uh on today's episode so that's so that ultimately delegitimizes anything he has to say about anything <laughs> done bam in godless's opinion <laughs> done and done so that's what we're going to do, and that's going to be in the back end of the show. Uh, in the front, of this we've missed like two weeks worth of news and stuff, and yeah. things that are going on, and so, like this, so much stuff happened. Cycle, and then we come to it, and we're like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to talk about either. And we're like, the new Slipknot song is out. The new Slip song is out. And what? Uh, you know what? It happened. You know, you and I go out to dinner a couple of nights before we do this, and we've already talked about half a dozen things. I know. Already for an hour and a half. Everything yeah. that we were going to talk about, we've yeah. already exhausted. Oh, well, we already did that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We ought to just bring your recording equipment everywhere we go. <laughs> right? No shit. We really should. <laughs> Uh, but oh, I wanted to also thank uh, In Flames for uh, <laughs> for posting, <laughs> reposting the podcast, the last episode of the podcast, because uh, we spent the entire half of the show dogging their new single. You dogged okay, the I single. I dogged the new single. I, I was, liked the new single. I was talking shit about the new single for the entire half of the episode. And you and, remember, you better hope. I said, you better hope In Flames don't hear you dog on the single. Yeah, let's just did. say they heard it because uh, they reposted it on Facebook, but also <laughs> also gave us a little pat on the head on on Twitter as well. So, which was nice, actually. I mean, it comes. It goes to show. You know, you've got to take everything as uh, just everything the way it comes, man. I yeah. mean, th- that's the way you do things. You don't go, well, fuck you, too. No, fuck you, too. No, fuck you, too. And start like a flame war about it. Yeah. That's not how you do it. You know, I mean, everybody has in- is entitled to their opinion about things. You Except know? Doc. Yeah, well, <laughs> he can have his opinion. <laughs> yeah. He can take his opinion. Well, I'm I'm with him on Ghost. So, you yeah. know, that, that was mainly you. Yeah, that's me. Now, our second one, that's going to be a little bit yeah, different because the, he's against both of us. But still, <laughs> the thing is, is, everybody's entitled to their opinion. So it's just you can't we talked about it before about that goat whore thing with the with the drummer getting butt hurt with the, oh, with, the, the with the bad review, review or whatever mm-hmm. you can't come back at that and have something like negative about it because it just doesn't it, it doesn't do any good and it makes you wonder like when that when somebody does like sort of lash out it's sort of the question is like are you lashing out because it's really close to the truth yeah yeah because that's the way it comes off to me I don't know if that's everybody's reaction, but usually that's my reaction. Yeah, it's a, they they get completely upset about it because they think it might be right. Yeah, yeah, that, and the ones so that means I'm wrong about in flames. Okay, yeah, and <laughs> I'm not saying fine. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that's what's going on with the uh, with Goat Whore's new album because I, I I the review to me sort of came off as. I don't know, sort of like everybody's reaction. It didn't seem like a, an, all yeah, that no, negative no. a review. No, it was just a kind of a flat. Yeah. Of, yeah, and and I get it. You know, you put your heart and soul into something, and you, the last thing you want is to hear somebody who spent, you know, one time listening to what you do, doesn't hear the subtleties, doesn't see or, hear the passion, doesn't hear the great ideas, and just... But it's all about that reaction that you have to it. And I mean, we were talking about that, and that goes with almost anything, and whether it's in a reaction to a review of your record, reaction to a live concert review, or or whatever, even, even just a damn tweet that you tweeted out or whatever. I mean, you know, people get outraged about everything, and... You know, lashing out at the people that are trying to support or or do something with or for your band that seems a little odd to do, and and Twitter Twitter slash Facebook wars can get really 
really shitty really fast yeah you know and we saw that with the like the winter sun thing this week you know the whole thing with winter sun bitching about uh their label century media on facebook about them not letting them crap we don't, they don't let us crap on anything and it was probably one of the best responses that i've seen in a long time to that kind of thing was uh what how century media handled it it's like yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. It is a tough time right now, but you know, we love you and we're going to work with you and it's going to be great. And we're excited to get this album out because it sounds great. And hopefully we'll be able to figure out how, what the best way is going to be to go for it. I mean, like yeah. it was the perfect response because it just said, by the way, we're going to pull the plug on your fucking bullshit and, and hopefully it'll all work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? And, and, and not get pissed and not get in a pissing match about it. Yeah. And, and that was great. The only thing that sucks is for us, it would have been so much more fun if Century Media had been really pissy back. No, I know. I mean, we, oh, from man. our point of view. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we want to, we want a pissing match because that just is more it, fun to so talk about. So much more fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, but see, this is the other thing is like, you know, we were talking about this the other night, how like, uh, you know, everybody feels comfortable to like put their most extreme opinion online because they're anonymous. But at the same time, I think all of us are, are, are growing thicker skin. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think people are getting less sensitive to that stuff, but that, but that that also, that works kind of two ways. You get less sensitive about it, but then you also become less sensitive to other people's feelings. So you get more, um, aggressive mm-hmm. with the way that you sort of comment. You know what I mean? Not, I mean, not you specifically. No, but, no, but, you but, should mean you know. me specifically because <laughs> I'm leading the charge on that. Because see, I don't know. I, I'm I pull punches when it comes to like comments. I I, I typically do uh, because I don't think we're anonymous. I don't give a shit. None of us are anonymous. I mean, that's just, all you have to do is like threaten somebody online and see how anonymous you are because you're not right. That's all you have to do. And as soon as something like that happens people can find you i saw so. a st- stand-up comic years ago somebody had like uh you know r- wrote this guy a sort of mean email and so he did some google search and and found out all this information about the dude who sent him and turned it into a whole bit like a 15 minute bit in his act that was absolutely hilarious what he discovered about the person who wrote the review is nice. yeah you're right the uh, and anonymity doesn't uh doesn't doesn't extend as far as you'd like to think it does yeah yeah exactly it's if i can find your IP, I can find you and your dog, <laughs> and which vet he's at, and yeah. whether or not he's uh, needs to be put to bed. You know, <laughs> yeah, we could figure this out pretty quickly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's there is that and 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 anything there, but but I think we're also just like pissed off people, and we're getting more pissed off because everybody's you know whatever the economic situation and all that shit. There's a lot of things that are making everybody angry. Well, I, we went, which makes metal awesome. You, you had to bail before they went on, but like woven more the oh, other yeah. night, right? Yep. And and you know, here it is. They've put out so far the album of the year, and and one of the mm. best metal albums in in the last five to ten years, and. You know, you look at like any time Woven Moore is mentioned on Metal Sucks or Metal Injection or any of the 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 blog the big blog sites. Um, you know, there's just all this dumping on them uh, from people who are as I lay dying fans or Tim Lambesis fans yeah. or whatever, and nobody is pulling any punches whatsoever. No. But they're it's they're not even listening to it. I mean, I, I can't. But I that, read. Re, I read somebody the other day. That's everything. Though, they were man. complaining that that that. Uh, 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 what's the the first single? Um, all rise. All rise. They were complaining it didn't have hooks. I was like, Are you kidding me? Well, no. The th- the thing is, is that we we have become trained as a people to read the headline and react, 
And that's, you know, that's, that's an old school newspaper thing where you, you, you know, your headline, if it bleeds, it leads, you know, you've got to put the, the most important or the thing that's going to hook you in, in the headline. Then the first paragraph has got to have all of this stuff to hook you in. And then the rest of it is just the, the meat and nobody gives a shit about the meat because they don't, they're not going to digest any of this stuff. They want the stuff that's on top. And now with the internet, like training people to, to, to get the clickbait going through mm-hmm. and how you do that, you know, like when I post it's it, I, art. Oh dude, it's a total art. That's why Bu- yeah. Buzzfeed makes a, a unbelievable living doing just that. Yeah. Like just be just headlines only. And it's, it's impressive. Like I've been trying to figure out how to do some of that, like the slipknot thing. Okay. So slipknot song comes out this week, right? Do you put up, Hey, there's a new slipknot song. No, you put, you got to put up like new slipknot song. Is it worthy of your blah, blah, blah. You know, like you gotta have some kind of, does the new slipknot song sucks? Click here. You know, like you gotta have some sort of sexy thing for people to click on to get there, but they're going to judge it based on whatever that headline or the first paragraph is. And that's just, that's just how we are as people. And now we have a way to easily react before you had to write a letter to the editor. (laughs) Now you can just click on this and comment and put in dick bag number 55 for a name and it's all good. Yeah. So dick bag number 55, when you comment on this podcast, (laughs) make sure, make sure you at least least retweet it. Our headline for this episode is like Chuck takes on the trolls. Chuck (laughs) takes on dick bag number 55 (laughs) (laughs) in episode number 60, whatever rock and roll. We got to get into this uh, interview, man. Cannabis corpse got a new album. Oh, it is a, uh, they're doing all kinds of different song titles now. It's not just it's not just based on Cannibal Corpse anymore. It's based on you know, all kinds of legendary death metal bands. We almost got it out of them what the next record is going to include, but we didn't quite get there. But he didn't like my suggestion. There's, I think he was on. My, I think I may have got it right. Uh, my first guess there, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Landfill from Cannabis Corpse on the Metal Sucks podcast. <laughs> Were you expecting our call? Uh, I was, but I happened to be away from my phone just at the particular moment that you called us. Okay, no worries. I just wanted to make sure that you were like knew we were calling you and all that stuff, and Not we didn't like bathroom, totally take you by surprise. Oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, all right, <laughs> we're ready. Here we go. <laughs> Congratulations on new recordings. What's when's it come out? It's out. It's out now. Yeah. Why didn't you tell yeah, me these it's things? Totally out. You know what you need to do is you need to come on to the Metal Sucks podcast and make sure everybody knows that oh, the new album is out. Yeah, that's what we're. Uh, it's it's what, yeah. That's my advice. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll come on the show every day if you need. Me. <laughs> so, dude, you you've got to be exhausted, man. How do you how do you keep it up with with three bands rolling, man? Well, I just uh, I pace myself for sure. You'd be surprised how much work you can get done if you just do it. I sort of plan out my whole year way in advance so I can go from thing to thing and I give myself a couple days wiggle room on each little thing and, you know, I just keep my nose to the grindstone and make sure that I'm moving the ball forward every day. That is ironically the most sober thing we've ever heard anybody say. Especially on the dude in Cannabis Corpse. No, exactly. Have you, do you like not smoke anymore? Well, I, I, I think my weed consumption is somewhere in the realm of a normal person. Uh, you know, of course, if you looked at me through the glasses of Canvas Corpse, I would be the most insane smoker of all time. But I think my consumption is pretty standard. 
Are you are you a, a totally functional pot smoker where you get shit done? Because I know that I clean house. Like like I I try to get shit done when I'm when I'm smoking. I'm not kind of the lazy pot smoker. Are you that way yeah. or or that's, do you just that's chill? How it, that's how it affects me. I smoke weed and I want to be doing something constructive. That, you know, and and I can't just sit there on the couch and watch movies when I'm high. I can only do that when I'm you know tired. <laughs> If I had any energy in me at all, I'm going to be working on something or, uh, you know, doing something that's in creative. You hear about guys that are on the road and they're 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 bitching about their one band and they're six months on the road and two months off and all that. But you must be on the road like you must be going constantly, man. Sometimes I'll go uh, really hard at it and, and schedule like three different band tours back to back with no time between and just sort of do one continuous tour. And I, I did that for a while, but this past couple months, I've finally had some time to sort of hang out at home and, and uh, not be on the road and sort of rest. And I guess as it gets towards the fall, I'm going to be doing a lot more touring again. What is that about like Richmond? It seems like, like the most, uh, sort of with it and ambitious and uh, yeah, just collected musicians and all of metal are all from Richmond, you know, because like like Randy is like I, I'm I'm doing photos, I'm doing poetry, you know, he's doing all sorts of stuff, making a documentary, and then you know Dave Brocky for a while there, you know, he's yeah, been obviously. not as much lately, but you know he's been doing a you know he was always like doing something. I mean, is there is it something about Richmond? You know, it's an interesting question, and there are a very um, there's a lot of very creative people here. Uh, there is an art college here called BCU, and I think that sort of attracts a lot of creative people to this city. And uh, of course, a little bit of trickle down from New York and Philly. And uh, I feel like maybe there's an overabundance of creative people here because of the art college. And uh, I don't know. It, I think. It, if your peers and and the people around you are working really hard, it's going to make you work really hard as well. So maybe it's just a matter of environment. And are they like sitting down with you and saying, Hey, this is how I did it. Well, uh, I guess my education came from being in municipal waste. I learned a lot from touring with them and, and working with Tony Foresta and, and Ryan Joy and Gabe Witte and, and I sort of applied what I learned from that band to my other bands, and I just generally am a workaholic. So I've been able—I've been fortunate enough to make a lot of music, and 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 I'm fortunate enough to have my music be heard by a lot of people out there. And I'm and I'm happy about that. You know, it feels good to not be toiling away in complete obscurity. It motivates me to know that there's some fans out there out there that are really looking forward to the next piece of music that I put out. So I just want everything to be really good, and I and I work really hard to make sure that it is. Well, what do you feel motivates you? Is it, the, is it a fear of being mediocre in that respect or a fear of that, of that or is it what, what, what drives you to do all this stuff that you're doing and the hard work? Uh, well, I want to continue living the lifestyle that I enjoy. I don't want to be on the street begging for change or anything so you got to keep the ball rolling to make any money in this industry uh you know i have the love and support of my beautiful girlfriend luna and i have uh you know a lot of friends that i really care for and 
you know, it motivates me to get out of bed just to sort of uh, see what's in the future. And, you know, I have a lot of aspirations to more music that I can make. And, you know, I'm never, my creativeness is never going to fade. I feel like at this point it's been 31 years and I still feel like a little kid, like making a, a drawing and showing it to my friends, you know, and it's, uh, I guess it's just sort of, I'm just wired to be creative. Well, and you get to have fun, you know, playing with some some projects. I mean, you got. I don't want to say that Cannabis Corpse isn't a serious project, but I mean that's that that's a that's a lot of fun. It's got, fun. it's got to be a lot of fun. I love Cannabis Corpse because it's something that my twin brother and I came up with when we were teenagers, and you know, it has a special place in my heart, of course. And I really want it to be good. And I want the music to be good, and I want everything about it to be somewhat original, even though it is a kind of a play on another established band's name. I feel like it's just a nice alternative to the norm out there, and I just want to make sure that it doesn't let the death metal headbanging pot smokers out there down by being subpar. <laughs> well, Chuck hey, and I man. were talking it's earlier good, about man. yeah about how it's interesting, like Cannabis Corpse is is like a tribute and then municipal waste is differs from that in that it is a tribute as well, but it's more of a, a, a retro sort of vibe to it. You get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can get what you're saying. And even with Iron um, Reagan too, to a, to a degree. There I, are certain things that are kind of throwbacks to our music and, and our love of those old bands is part of it, you know, and, and, you know, we definitely are music fans. And we grew up with the same bands that everyone else grew up with, and and uh, I don't know. I'm just look at them as how much you know. If it if, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. You know, it's like what they're doing was so great, and and we're just trying to be somewhere even near as cool as they were. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to explain. I guess there is a throwback element to all my bands. Do you like ever find like when with with any of these three bands that when you're writing, recording, etc., that that you feel like you can take a chance and do something completely different that you've never done before, or something that might challenge your audience, or or do you guys feel sort of constrained by the expectations of your fans? Uh, well, I always I, I've never felt constrained. I just do what kind of comes naturally to me, and all these bands are. Or just feel really natural and kind of like the riffs that come out or, you know, I never try to write a riff that I think, I never sit down and go, hmm, is this riff going to um, please my fans? I just kind of write riffs that I like, you know, and if I feel like if I like it, then maybe there'll be someone out, out there that likes it too. As long as I stay kind of true to myself, I never try to compromise what I like to appeal to a, a larger audience or something, you know, I feel like that's kind of like pointless. I just want to create music that I enjoy listening to. And I feel like that comes across, um, kind of. But it's interesting that yeah. like you talk about like being like, you know, you feel like you've got a lot of new ideas, even more stuff that you want to continue to do. Uh, but then at the same time, like how do you still remain interested in what you're doing? You know what I mean? Well, each time I try to top, the the album that I did right before it, you know, especially with Cannabis Corpse, I I generally try to make each record better than uh, the one before it and try to improve in every facet of it. 
for instance, on this record, I was doing vocals, so, so that was a big way to sort of try to top the old records by, you know, making the vocals even crazier. And I recorded four rhythm tracks on the LP, which, you know, it helped beef up the guitars big time, and that's, you know, twice as many as the old records. And and we have guest vocalists like Chris Barnes and Trevor, and we had guest soloists like Ralph Santola and... Kevin from Deicide, and so I feel like this record is definitely bigger and badder than anything else we ever did, and you know that's I guess that's one of the main goals every time I come, I uh, start working on a new album is how am I going to top what I did before that? The departure from the you grabbing onto death and uh, gore guts and other and other things outside of Cannibal Corpse was that purposeful or did come up with individual pop patterns you gotta do it i mean it. that's pretty uh, that's pretty stellar <laughs> yeah, you gotta you know, do you it. gotta love that but i mean it, there was there a reason behind moving away from like the cannibal library and well, trying we, other stuff uh we started on the last record beneath grow Lights, thou shalt rise yeah uh, that had a bunch of morbid angel and deicide and this record is gore guts and death uh i think Generally, from now on, we're just going to pick two of our favorite bands and sort of pick the titles that are the best. Sometimes, if you pick just one band, some of the titles aren't aren't that great. You know, I I, I try to keep the titles as funny and clever as I can, and and uh, branching out to two different bands is pretty good. I already have the title and a lot of the song titles for the next album. I mean, that's one Ooh. of the first things that I come up with, and and the cover art. I like to get the cover art yeah. done even. I start working on uh, the album so I can sort of mold it around what's on the cover of the record. And, um, you know, for instance, on this record, there's two two songs that are like two parts and sort of tell a continuous story that are tied into the album cover. Uh, like on this record, uh, there's something that keeps mentioned. Uh, it's it mentioned several times called the Necronomicon. <laughs> and it brings about all these horrible things that are happening within the record. Um, I might elaborate further on the Necronomicon on the next record. I kind of think that's hilarious. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> and, and I and I, what I thought was even funnier is every time the Necronomicon gets mentioned in the lyrics, I put a little trademark symbol next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was something really <laughs> So who are the next two bands that you guys are going to do on the next record? There's no way I could give you that information. Oh, right come, on. come on. All right. No, Did we... Guys, did we tell you that we're from the Metal Sucks yeah, podcast? I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> well, what I might change my mind. I might change my mind, but I might go towards UK death metal bands. Ooh, there's Carcass. A, there's a hint. Oh yeah. So, so there you go. That'll be Cocus. Little... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's weed, man. Yeah, I know, I know, but yeah. Let's say, have, have you have you guys done obituary yet? No. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, there, there's some Florida bands we haven't touched on yet that still need their time in the Canvas Corpse uh, life. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep making these records until I'm an old man, so who knows. <laughs> well, they say that time, uh, you know, makes tragedy funny eventually, right? So how much time needs to pass before you're doing guar songs with heroin puns? Oh, that's <laughs> joke. Oh, really bad, uh, I'm, I'm I'm not saying now. I'm saying eventually. Uh, still a bad joke. <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, it's pretty bad. Even I'm rolling my oh, eyes down. Uh, that's pretty bad. Too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> I, I totally agree. That's why I'm saying yeah. too soon. But maybe in you know six months. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time with Dave Brocky. Um, we were on Iron Reagan was on the last Guar tour that Dave Brocky was alive in the U.S. And I did about four full tours with Guar. And I'm really, uh, I appreciate everything Rocky did for me and my career. And, and you know, I have nothing but love for the guy. Oh, did, us too. But did you contribute uh, any money to the Guar Bar? Oh, uh, I, I think the Guar Bar is going to be really cool. I mean, if, if you've been to the place that you've seen all the crazy stuff they have lying around, and I'm sure that given a little bit of leeway, they can deck out a bar in the most insane way and make it like, they could make it anything they want to make it. And, uh, so that'll be that's something that I think is going to be really cool and and is a good idea for them. So well, um, with with like the legalization of marijuana starting to like really sweep the nation now, will there be a Virginia based cannabis corps cannabis dispensary? Uh, well, if they ever legalize it here, cannabis corps will have a billboard. Like I don't know, I'd go <laughs> crazy with that. As Virginia seems like the last state that they're ever going to legalize it in. We're in Texas, like, so yeah, 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 well, yeah. Next to last, dude. Say, yeah, Texas is kind of a harsh state with when it comes to pot, but then again, you can just drive up to Denver. It's not incredibly far. I don't know for pot. <laughs> yeah, it's a long ass drive. It's a lot shorter drive to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good thing that we have at least a couple states that you can go to, and it's like Amsterdam. You're just like rolling around in tidal waves of marijuana, and so. It's special, you know. Every time I go to Denver, it's just a great thing. People are handing you these incredible buds that are completely purple, and you just want to, like, you just, it's, it makes it more special because you can't really get that kind of weed here in Virginia. And, yeah. it's, and, and the fact that it's completely legal and you don't have to look over your shoulder every every second, like, totally changes the high, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm used to it. I grew up in this this state, so... We know how to watch out for cops. I mean, yeah, you said Texas. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's like you you learn how to sort of dodge the police. Yeah, here you got to look out for cops and neighbors. Yeah, right? Oh, I, oh. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> someday, someday there, soon. There was like a story on NPR the other day. They were talking about how it's 30 bucks an ounce in the state of Washington. Now, I have no idea. Wow. Is that, is that, that's. That's cheap. Is that cheap? <laughs> that's really cheap. That's it? really, really cheap. Yeah, that's incredibly cheap. Huh. How much does it take? <laughs> I mean, how much now? You know, like, like you've been doing Cannabis Corpse for 15-odd years. How many ounces does it take? I don't think it's, a, it's about quantity. It's about quality. Like, uh, I can smoke indeed. one hit of a rat, like an insanely potent bud and, and be super high for an hour. Whereas if you just get some shitty weed and smoke the whole bag, you're still going to just be somewhere in the middle. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, you know, and sometimes if you take a little time off from smoking weed and come back to it, you get super stoned again that first time back. Yeah, that's what I always did. I always would take a break for about six weeks and then, then jump back into it. And it's like it was the day I was born again. But that's got to be like the <laughs> most awesome part about the legalization is that like if you get a bad bag, as long as you hold on to your receipt, you can take it back, you know? You know, nothing ever is ever going to come close to that first time that you get high. And I was a teenager, and it just seemed like you were tripping on acid or something. 
So when incredible. yeah, when was the first time? What was your first time actually getting high? Uh, well, the first time I smoked weed, you know, it was with me and my buddies in, in suburbia in a town called Mechanicsville. And uh, that first time I didn't get high, but it was really the second time where it just hit me so crazy. And it was, it seemed like this day long experience of just being on another planet. And, you know, every time after that sort of was incrementally less and less. And uh, now it's where it is now, where it's just kind of like, I got a little buzz. Okay, I'm going to go do my taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a sales job. Hey, dude. (laughs) So did you introduce your brother, or did your brother introduce it to you? Uh, No, we were in separate, like, circles, and and, I don't know. We didn't introduce it to each other. It sort of happened separately at separate times. See, that's what's messed up, is that it's so pervasive. That, that's that's why I don't understand why it's not legal everywhere. Right. Because it's, it's, it's just, it's ev- it's everywhere. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. And there's a lot of money that can be created, and there's a lot of jobs that can be created, and there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of upsides. I, I haven't read about how Denver's economy is doing now. Uh, I've seen those shitty, like, BuzzFeed, like, top yeah, yeah. polls on Facebook where it'll be like, Denver is, like, less crime, but it's like, I can't... <laughs> I can't take that as a legitimate news source. Yeah, right. It's like TMZ saying, oh, no, it's, everything's yeah. great in Denver. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, where do, where do your facts come from, really? I mean, but I'm sure that it could be. It has to be good. I mean, how could it not be? I mean, the best benefit you're going to get out of, a, out of that is going to be less people in prison, the war on drugs, like dropping how much yeah. you spend on prisons and everything else. And, criminalizing a yeah. generation yeah they should take all those mexican kids and have them go harvest pot <laughs> across the country for us they already do that's why, why? they moved but here do it inside the u.s I, I i just think that it makes everything you know the people that are bored sitting there in their house and nothing to do at least now they can smoke a little weed and pass the time of, instead of getting wasted and i don't know has there ever been a time where you haven't been able to get a hold of it Ah, uh, you know, when I was younger, there would be times where we'd call it having a dry spell. Oh yeah, and you know the dealer or whatever wouldn't have any, and then you'd be sitting there watching TV without it and wanting to fucking climb up the walls. And uh, <laughs> but these days, you know, I've I'll go I'll go a couple weeks without smoking, and and then go back on and for a couple weeks, and then go back off, and it's just sort of a part of my lifestyle now. No, I don't even really think about it much. Do you grow it? When I'm, no, of course not. Oh, no. no. I would never do that because here in Virginia, they would just take me right down to downtown, you know. I, I, I have too much to lose. Yeah, but you'd be hiding in plain sight. You're a member of Cannabis Corpse, you know? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be fun. I mean, of course, yes, I have a giant. <laughs> yeah, if I could grow weed, I'd have a giant field, and I would just like scamper through it like <laughs> like a rabbit or something, just enjoying my life in a giant field of marijuana. When you were younger, did you ever like plant any of like the weed that you got from the dealer just to see if it might grow? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> we would plant like a little potted plant, like yeah. a single seed, and see the one vine come up and then sprout a little weed leaf and we'd be like oh shit you know it's weed you know to see that classic weed leaf and 
you know, we wouldn't get too far into the process and, you know, get hard up for weed and smoke one of the leaves and realize it doesn't get you high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep. those were the days. All right. <laughs> Thank God for the internet. You can learn that shit now. Hey, man, you know? no kidding, right? Because I, d- I did that shit until, until it started smelling. In my back, in my backyard, and I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! The cops are gonna come! The cops are gonna come! Oh my god!" You should plant it in your neighbor's lawn. I've been around people that have grown bud, and it, the smell becomes so intense. Yeah, you know, it, it really does reek. And and there's been how times where we were in like Humboldt in in Portland or Oregon or whatever I think, and uh, we stayed at someone's house and. They were drying all their bud plants, and every ceiling in the whole two-story house was covered in weed plants. And it was, it was, it was something to just like spend the night at a house just blanketed in weed. It was a memorable time. Do yeah. you do you smoke more when you're at home than on tour, or vice versa? Uh, well, no, I would say it's kind of like I try to lay off when I'm at home, and when I'm on tour, there's always a time and a place. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't try to be like super lit up right before I play the show. Yeah. Although I have done that on occasion. It just it gener it does affect performance, you know. Sometimes I'll get way more in my head while I'm performing if I'm super stoned. I mean the object is to be as relaxed as you can be on stage and not try to tense up about anything. And we can kinda of put you in that tense mood where you just wanna you'd rather be doing anything else but playing that show right at that moment. <laughs> but I mean, there was times in Denver, uh, we keep coming back to Denver, but, you know, the Spallet <laughs> Carnage guys live there, and they smoke a lot of bud, too. And uh, we were getting ready to play a show with Municipal Waste, and this was one of the first times I ever was in Denver. And I think I blame this on high elevation, too, but uh, Zach from the Spallet Carnage came up to me and was like, hey, you want to smoke this before you play? And I'm like, yeah, sure, and... Of course, it was some, like, rippingly awesome weed. <laughs> By the time I got out there on stage, I was I was not myself. So ever since that day, I've been like, oh, maybe I should just not do that again. <laughs> but I, figured, I would figure that, like, you either have to be, like, like, sober or you go, like, completely the other way where, like, you are just ripped out of your skull. And that's funny because you're going to see Cannabis Corpse. You know what I mean? I think having a little bit of an alcohol buzz helps a lot. Being dead sober kind of gets uh, gets me kind of tense, too. You know, if I, I'll, there's lots of gigs where I'm like, okay, this is a big gig. I'm going to fucking be dead sober when I go out there. And then I won't, I, you know, I, I need a couple beers to loosen up and sort of relax the, the nerves a little bit. So it's out of, in my experience, I would say have have one or two beers before you go out there. That's my big piece of advice. Well, I mean, I could definitely see that, man, because the other the other way you go, if you're way too high, then you, then that's where you start to go. Why is everybody looking at me, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to go there. No, that. No, you don't. But the audience would find no, it funny. The, but it's actually the audience. That, that's the problem. Is that all that shit is in your head? Uh-huh. It, it, it's the spiral that goes down in your head. Everybody out there just thinks you're doing shitty on stage. Uh-huh. They don't even know. Yeah. So it's this weird spiral that you go down in your in your head when you're that paranoid and weird. It's it's not fun. There's also a guy named Maris the Great in Denver. Have you ever heard of this person? No. no uh-uh. um, oh wow, yeah. There's this guy that in Denver that dresses up as like a full fledged 
zombie with like a cape. Like so, he's like some sort of cross between like a superhero and a zombie. But he he has this character named Maris the Great, and he does all these great photos with fans where he'll get really uh, high quality sort of movie effect style gore and sort of do stories where he's like eating these band members and put together these great photos. He's done like Red Cord and a bunch of it. He's done a shitload of things. And uh, yeah, he's, he's really great. You should check him out if you've never looked at it yeah, before. Yeah. He, he was at that show and I, I'm, I'm super high and I'm playing the show and I'm looking over and I'm seeing zombie there <laughs> standing side stage. And, and the other part about him is he never breaks character the whole time that he's hanging out. So you're really, by the end of it, you feel like you're hanging out with this zombie figure <laughs> guy. We ended up hanging out with him that first night and he came back to the apartment we were, where we were hanging out, who was uh, the lead singer of Speedwolf's apartment, side story. But um, uh, he was there and he, and he was eating pizza with us and drinking beers and never breaking character. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. It was really wild. It'd be funny to be on stage and then, you know, take a big bong hit on stage, and then as the set progresses, you just like slowly go behind the amp and just play the rest of the show, hiding behind the amp or something like peeking out from behind it, super high. Now, see, then the crowd is in on it. That that's yeah. when the crowd knows. <laughs> but if you're if you're just standing up there like paranoid as shit and going, ah, dun, 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 <laughs> then they're not they're they're not in on on the joke. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah well, you know. If it's big ass bong rips. I'm sure, anything you can, I'm sure anything you can think of happened on during a show. That's probably probably true. Hey Phil, you do me a big favor and help talk uh, help me talk Chris Barnes into uh, reuniting with Cannibal for uh, Butcher to Birth reunion tour. Just a tour, not I, an album. I think, I think that's out of my hands. <laughs> I know, but you just I, mean, I think if enough of us kind of like whine and jump on the cry and yeah, that maybe maybe we can make it happen. A lot of the fans would love to see that. I'm not denying that. There's a lot of fans out there that would get a huge kick out of them reuniting with each other and doing a record or something. I mean, that would be amazing. But that's not in my realm of of things that I can make happen. So sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, you were able to at least get them on the uh, on the new album. That song is really awesome, man. And uh, so is the new record. And Chuck's and I have kept in touch, and and uh, we're. We're thinking about maybe doing a project in the future, and uh, it's re- he's been a great guy and he's super nice and and I I think he Chris Barnes is such a cool dude. I mean the the song that he did for us is is one of my favorite songs on the record and and we did a tour with Six Feet Under and and I love Six Feet Under. I don't know what anybody else thinks, but I think that band rules because of how simple and straightforward and just catchy and memorable the songs are it was one of the few death metal bands i've gone on tour with that by the end of the tour i knew all the songs and i knew all the words and i'm singing along and you know sometimes with death metal it's it loses that it just is more about sort of kind of playing and going so crazy with what you can play and how many notes you can put in a song they're sort of sacrificing the memorableness because i can think of a million bands i've been on tour with where by the end of a long tour i don't know a single song still yeah right (laughs) you know it just flies by so fast it just sounds like okay this ball of note and then this ball of note i don't know now they're still having fun with it man i mean that was always it always seemed like six feet under with obviously graveyard classics and and that's like they're always having fun yeah yeah i mean graveyard classics 
if I want to put a smile on my face, I'll put on right? Junkyard Classic. I mean, you haven't heard some brutal shit until you've heard Chris Barnes do a King Diamond song or something. <laughs> it's totally TNT for me. Every time I hear that song, I just go crazy, man. <laughs> I love that stuff. Uh, I mean, I'd say, and thanks, Chris Barnes, for bringing that stuff to us. You know, it's like, what a great idea. He, he's just like, hell yeah, I'm going to do a, some cover records. I, I completely support it. Well, dude, the new album called From Wisdom to Baked is uh, wicked. It's out in stores, man. We appreciate you taking your time, brother, and uh, look forward to catching you guys next time. You're next. When, when are you going on tour again? What's uh, what's the next uh, next stop for you guys? Uh, well, tomorrow I'm leaving on an Iron Reagan tour where we're doing like a week with I Hate God. And then when I get back from that, I believe that Municipal Waste has a short run with Madball kind of um, going up to a show called Heavy MTL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Cannabis Corpse has a short run going out to Denver Black Sky, which is another really cool show. And so I'm heading out to Denver, bringing Denver back. I think that's about it. We have some stuff planned uh, for the fall, uh, like a South American run with Municipal Waste. And then Iron Reagan has a tour with a band. I don't think we've announced it yet, but uh, a very established death metal band, Slash grind is taking us out in the fall, so that'll be cool. And uh, you know, I just I'm I'm going to stay busy until I can't do it anymore. So just expect more music from me. Kick ass! I'm working straight. on I'm working on uh, like a heavy metal record right now for shit and giggles. <laughs> Look at that. What's that uh, one going like, to be called? Uh, well, I haven't come up with a name with for it yet, but I got about ten songs demoed and. It's the kind of sounds like candle mass meets merciful fate meets Ooh. some psychedelic shit. I could be fun. Hell yeah! I want to try my hand at doing vocals. Me and my girlfriend, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna, uh, you know, just for fun. But I, I'm, I'm always working. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude. Just what you need is one more band. To yeah, but with, you got to do one with the girlfriend. Yeah, well, hey, she's gonna yeah, feel left well, out otherwise. Well, you know. It, 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 there's girlfriend metal. That's a genre. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that is a genre of music. <laughs> yeah, right on. All right, dude. We've uh, taken up way too much of your time, man. Yeah, we we appreciate you jumping in, Phil, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Okay, thank you very much.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck,
music from Fallujah, brand new stuff called Carved from Stone. I love that new record, man. I really do. It was, that, uh, it was impressive, man. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's like, like we're in the middle of like an awesome era in metal right yeah, now. Totally. It's, it's happening. I don't, I, anybody who doesn't see that, I think, I don't know what's going on, but you're missing, you're missing it. But it's so weird because I, I posted how much I love this new album on Twitter. I put it out there before because I, you know, I went to the show, saw it, bought the record because I loved what I heard and, and liked what I heard so far. But then somebody, man, those drums suck. That's all. I can't believe this and that crap. Blah, 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 blah. But just like me and the inflames thing, you know, like with the voice sticking out, like I thought it, like I felt like it did. It's like other people are like, I really like that. Yeah. I played it for somebody else. I'm like, well, wow, that sounds really amazing i'm like son of a bitch so it's it's this matter of taste that we've got that's in there but what i like that those guys are doing is that they're doing something a little bit different you know american death metal with a little weird sort of ambient flavor and other stuff and there's something new there you know and finally there's something a little bit different about that because you know we've talked about that before too american death metal being a little bit stale here and there so it has been yeah i mean i think i don't think i don't think there's too many people there can really disagree with that no no i don't i don't think so but this fallujah is one of those things where man somebody's got Oh, that oh, yeah, uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> exactly, I, that's the best way to put it. I, totally, that's the best review I've heard of that album so far. That's amazing, man. Well, you know, Doc Doc Coyle put that thing on the on Metal Sucks earlier this week or last week about how um, uh, the state of metal. Yeah, the state of metal, right? And and I don't, I'm not quite sure how a guy who is so smart could be so consistently wrong on everything <laughs> well we're about to find out so in this segment what we wanted to do we had a, one of our one of our show friends he likes to listen to the show hit us up on twitter a man by the name of doc coil you might know him from a god forbid maybe um uh, yeah yeah you probably heard the name once or twice he's a contributor to metal sucks and has been around for quite some time a man in the know if you will and he wanted to um, contribute to the podcast as well, and took a, took aim pretty much at a lot of the bands that uh, that we hate. Wanted to defend some bands that we either don't like, didn't respect enough, or had problems with. And I think uh, I, th- I think it's going to be a good segment. So once a month, we are going to invite Doc in to you know reject our sickness, if you will. Uh, thank you very much for having me, guys. I look forward to uh, eviscerating uh, your point of view <laughs> on a week by week basis. Uh, I really, really look forward to this. You know, being, listen, it's hard being right all the time. I know. Trust us. Uh, we're we're so guilty of it. No, are you kidding? I find it so easy. Well, no. The problem is when you're right all the time, you're surrounded by wrong people, uh, and that can be frustrating. I'm surrounded by no people. <laughs> really. <laughs> I don't want to go there, you know. You, you know, you, do you have like a bunker, you know, like a um, in case of apocalypse? I, I think it's more like the apocalypse is inside the bunker, right? And everybody else is protected from it on the outside. All right, all right. I'm not coming over. All right. So on our first uh, on our first version of this, our first try, you had a couple of suggestions for bands, and one of the first ones that you pulled out was a band by the name of Ghost BC. 
Ghost BC. We got to make Go- sure that we get it right. Ghost. That's Ghost. Fuck. I don't acknowledge BC. Fuck, fuck a BC. There's never been a good band that had to add an AD, a BC, or something like that since Wrathchild America. Actually, there was a Bison BC, and they were pretty badass. Yeah? But, uh, yeah. There was a band called Martyr AD, and they used to be disembodied, and they were great. So wait a minute. They had a band name that was just perfectly fine, and then they changed it to something else, and then had to add an AD to it. No, they well they were disembodied, then disembodied broke up, and then like three or three of those members started a band called Martyr, and then mm. obviously Martyr is probably there was a Martyr in every yeah. fucking town in America, so then they had to add an AD. I thought there was like a three band member minimum to being able to keep a perfectly good name, right? <laughs> disembodied is an awesome band name. Yeah, no yeah. kidding, right? But the band was much different, so I think they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to keep that name and yeah. with the styles changing so drastically. It's having death metal, a death metal name, and doing metalcore does not just, that doesn't work out well. Well, that's a great segue to Ghost. Here's a band with a perfectly good name until they had to add the BC to it. Who I don't know what it is that they're doing, but it's I, it's barely music, let alone metal. Okay, all right. So let's let's start there. What don't you like about it? Because the thing is, a lot of time metalheads. They'll just be like, "Well, uh, what don't you like about the band?" Well, I don't. What I don't like is that they suck. Like, well, why do they suck? Would well, they? They're terrible. So you need to. I. I need to eloquently. You need to give. Tell me why. They've, they've, oh, he's got notes. This is this is this is, this is it. This is a band with huge possibilities because they look like the cover of that first Wu Tang Clan album, which is a great look. I love the look. It's a. It, it totally it works, works right? for yeah. me, right? But if you're gonna look like that. You better sound like, I don't know, like Godflesh or something. You know, it should be like epic and huge and have dynamics. Ghosts have no dynamics. Even with this amazing budget that they have and, and, and able to layer all these instruments and what it is that they're trying to do with this sort of epic, epic, huge sounding thing, it still sounds like you could fit it on a freaking evil wafer. And then it's so thin. Beyond that, I'm not sure that the guitarists ever play anything other than open strings and fret one, as if a half step somehow makes your music evil. It's not. It's it's just it, it's simple and and but yet out of that simplicity, there's no like I don't know like greatness. There's there's no songwriting. It's just it's just simplified mush and and then compressed into this like just amazingly thin layer and it there's no depth to it it's boring i'm pretty sure in terms of the uh the, the sonic breadth of the recording i'm sure their producer nick rastelinitz would have a bone to pick who also did deftones and alice in chains which i certainly wouldn't call those albums that they sound small i think de- definitively uh their sound is epic i mean and it got much more epic from the first album to the second one in which there's more choir type sounds and they brought in other instruments you know i think their music is the reason why it's simple is because that's what they're they're not you know the the types of venues they're playing keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and when you tone it down when the simplicity comes in that works in a bigger venue when you know I, doing doing blast beats does not work in an arena but what they're doing turning the gain down on the guitars it's not about showing off on the on on, on the instrument the thing is at the end of the day if if i listen to song a and you listen to song a and i say it's catchy and you say it's not catchy then that's completely subjective like i can't make you think a song is good that isn't good but i you know i i you know when i think of songwriting and tunefulness and tunefulness being in that people connect to it 
in a, in a in a way that you see them at the show singing every word and that's a band i work you know i should tell my story about how i discovered ghost actually the first time i heard ghost uh sean glass from uh soil and and uh uh what's the broken hope sent me an mp3 and i was like oh this shit sounds like king diamond or something and i kind of i kind of blew him off <laughs> but then i was working at duff's which is a metal bar in brooklyn and it's a very very legit metal bar like these the, the people that go to duff's are like the dudes in the front row of like the monomarth concert <laughs> you know so i was in duff's and it was just on the jukebox and i didn't know who it was i didn't know what they looked like i just heard it and i was like damn this is like I felt like I should have known it because it sounded old. It sounded like it was from the 70s. So I was like, who is this band? Is this like Yes or something? What the hell? Like, is, what is it? And someone's like, yo, it's Ghost. And I'm like, oh, damn, this is really, really good. It was literally like a blind taste test where I just heard it and it, and it grabbed my attention. And it, and it had, and then that record, they, people would come in and just play it there and it was legit metalheads these aren't hipsters i mean i guess there's a couple hipsters i think i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) but um it got the cachet of the underground metalhead you know in new york city and that's what to me signified that you know there there was no great hype machine around ghost in america it was super organic like people just that guy told his friend he told his friend all of a sudden everyone was talking about it and at the end of the day to me, th- their situation is much like Slipknot. Even if they didn't have the whole get-up, they would still be successful. They wouldn't be as successful, but the music was strong enough. You know, there's no, that, no there's no strength, there's no strength to, strength to this, this music. There's no dy- dynamics. You talk about they brought in a choir and they still figured out a way to make that choir sound like it's coming out of a Kurzweil keyboard. The the the, the fact that uh, that they turned down the gain on the guitar to me, they didn't turn it down enough. They uh, go down to zero. <laughs> that would be good. Down to zero. And then, and then beyond that, they, they they've got this great producer, and that to me tells me that they've it's even more evidence that they don't have they're not a good band because even a great producer can't make this sound any good. All those metal guys in that bar, they probably ride the city bus, and that's why they like uh, like Ghost because the way I look at it, the Ghosts are just like the local city bus. It's cheap, and if you stay on it long enough, you'll realize that it didn't actually take you anywhere. That doesn't make any sense at all, man. <laughs> you gotta work on you gotta work on your analogy, son. <laughs> BS, man. The bus takes you right back where you started. And every place that you go on that bus, you've already been there a million times before. Well, and probably in a faster, sleeker, well, better ride. What they were doing at the time or what they're still doing, put against the context of current music, is extremely refreshing. All right. And I what you, what you call thin, you know, what I hear is a organic sound the drums sound like drums it's not clicky sound on the bass it's not a uh, a snare that's been replaced i hear guitars that are you know it's not a ton of gain probably going through a real tube amp you know the album isn't over isn't overly compressed i can actually it's not squashed i can it sounds like a band and it sounds like a band from the 70s and that's not there's not a lot of that. And you combine that with the vocalist who is genuinely has a interesting sound. Like it's like, oh, I can kind of hear a little King Diamond. I can kind of hear some, some, some of that stuff. But it, it sticks out. Even like, Liv- Lenny Kravitz think th- thinks this sounds dated. <laughs> the, the, you know, when you say something is organic, it suggests that it should have evolved at some point. But I don't think Ghost 
ever have or ever will evolve. But I think that's sort of the point, though, is is that they're they're it's a throwback. It's it's supposed to be kind of a throwback. Keep on throwing. It's but, not back far enough. All right. Let, let me ask. Let me, why you know? I I think you know having a, a tastemaker involved you know gives us a a, a a a clue into where this band stands like they opened up for mastodon and opeth and those bands they don't bring you know they don't do buy-ons they don't get any sh- you know schlubbo band to open up and these are t- you know you talk about opeth you talk about mastodon two bands who are entrenched in the 70s you know and two bands that are known for their art artistic cachet and how they don't you know that they're artists and they stick to what they want to do and they're risk takers and they had ghosts open up and to me that there's almost no better endorsement than them saying you know what this band gets it and they're they think like we think doc the emperor has no clothes this is a perfect just the same thing's happening with baby metal right now they make sure their picture gets taken with all the right bands because what they're trying to do is launch above the line of credibility and whoever was behind of ghost did an excellent job of figuring out how they could convince people that this shit is actually listenable and by associating themselves with greats like mastodon they were able to do that And, and the emperor has no clothes you well, you're you're surmising something you have no evidence for. Mastodon Opeth would have sold out that entire tour, no matter who was opening. Now I'm sure they were like, "Oh yeah, let's get this band because they're hot." But that's not why those bands get openers. You know, they get bands because they want them on the tour. They're they're at that point in their careers. It was a co-headlining tour, and they probably had equal say in who the opener was. There wasn't any other bands. It was one opening band. No. And to me, that's and to me that says something about that they felt that that band could communicate whatever they're doing to their fans in a way that they would relate to at this point in their career what they want to do is they want to follow a band that's even more boring than they can so that way they can coast through their show and everybody can go well eh, man they seem to rock man they were so much better than their opener band the the ghost warmed them up but warmed them up like like a like your toaster versus what you know you should get a microwave for this (laughs) so so are you saying that people did not connect to the band I don't know whether they do or don't. I think that what they've do, I think that Ghost has been able to pull off a really excellent swindle on everybody and convincing everybody that this is good. And I don't think it's based on the merits of the music. I think it's based on just the sort of thing that you're talking about, the fact that they're endorsed by bands that people respect. In general, I don't think, you know, the regular Joe cares about that kind of thing. I think, you know, the thing that's, I think, different, especially about a band like Ghost, than, say, a band like... Um, you know, like Asking Alexandra or something like that, which is more uh, predominantly geared towards youth. The people that like Ghost, much like a band like Volbeat, it's grown people, all right? It's grown-ups going to, going to see this band, you know, and they they have a different sensibility, and they also learn about music in different ways than than a lot of a, a lot of the, the younger people, which is kind of monkey see, mo- monkey do. They're not into the whole bullshit. They, they either like it or they don't. I think you know, a, a lot of grown people have been listening to a lot of loud music for a long time, and I think that they've gone pretty close to death. It sounds familiar to people who have been listening to music for a long time. So I mean, it's 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 that old friend. It's that warm blanket. I, it's that thing you wrap up in. I mean, I saw a sold-out show at Emo's, and it was uh, with them headlining, and it was uh, you know, 1,500, 2,000 people 
ranging in age from their 50s all the way down to 12, and everybody was having a good time singing along with it. So, I mean, well, singing about Satan is always good. It, well, it is, but even if it's even if the emperor does have no clothes and it is sort of or the papa. I mean, it's a gimmick, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in with the gimmick. It was a great time. Well, I think, and here's you know one thing I kind of want to bring up. I think a the argument is someone of, of, of a straw man, whereas like if I'm looking at the sky and you're saying it's red and i know it's blue mm. i there's no way i can convince you that it's not mm. Mm. if you if, if you if you see red so, so so in some regards there's no way i'll ever win this particular debate but what i will say is i think you need to attempt to remove your own biography from how you're looking at this band meaning you have the context of your entire upbringing in music and you're bringing that into how you're seeing this band but if you were 12 years old and you heard this band or 15 or whatever, you would fucking have a poster of them on your wall, you know, because you're not you're not bringing any of the your musical baggage into it. And you just see it. They're just they're doing something that's really awesome. And they write good songs. I can't you know what a good song might mean to me might be mean something different to you, you know. So but in that we kind of have to use the context around us to kind we, we you know, we need to kind of take a poll. Like, who thinks this is a good song? Do you think it's a good song? Do you? And how many people raise their hand? If 100 people say yes and only 20 people say no, then I think I might win the argument in that regard. You know, call me a populist if you want, but, you know, that's just how it is. All right, we're going to leave it at that, dude. Rejecting the Sickness, the first uh, the first edition, man. We appreciate you uh, jumping in on this and trying to convince God. I don't think we're ever going to talk him into ghosts, though. Amen. The sky is blue! <laughs> <laughs> Doc Coyle. Thank you very much for uh, jumping in this week, man. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Doc, for all that, man, I don't know whether or not Ghost is legit or not, but um, but but you know, at least we try to figure it out. And that's going to happen once a month, once every four, five, six weeks, or whatever. We're going to get Doc in to try to you know reject our sickness. It'll be good times, man. <laughs> I think the next one is going to be Avenged Sevenfold. Oh boy! Ooh. Oh boy! Ooh, can't wait! Can't wait! Well, because uh, that that was the one he had the beef with. He, remember, he took to the internet because uh-huh. of what we said about the thing and uh-huh. the, the stuff and the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's gonna be an interesting one, man. So yeah, yeah, yeah good times. He's gonna try to defend the indefendable, totally, or at least in our humble opinion, undefendable, indefendable, 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 indefensible, indefensible, but undefendable, undefendable. Neither. So, I don't know something like that. Well, thanks to uh, Landfill for being our guest uh, from Cannabis Corpse, and look for their new record. Uh, that's out in stores now, as well as Doc Coil in this episode. Make sure that you guys subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us there. Make it easy. Uh, of course, you know, leave us a five-star review and tell us how much we suck. That would uh, definitely help us. Yeah, it helps other people find the show. Damn straight. And, of course, every Monday we post a brand-new episode of this show on MetalSucks.net. That's where you can find us, except for that last week. What, we took a week off? Uh, For the first time in almost two years! I know, so... uh, Well, a year of some for MetalSucks, yeah. But we're back now. Hell yeah! (laughs) If you want to find us on Twitter, you can do that, too. I am at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. And this has been the MetalSucks Podcast. Out of three, Trinity.